Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with Mother Earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to Mother Earth, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to, again, empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the LYF podcast. Monica here, and I am joined by my teammates and friends, um, Juan, Maymay, and Rachel. Everyone say hi. Hello. Hi. Hello and welcome. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be chatting about our month's theme, which is all about embracing our own space and the importance that has, and not only um, to feel good about yourself, but how it can also create any other type of uh mental effects if you don't feel like you have your space and just again how connected that it really is to how you're feeling so we're going to dive into that today and but before we're getting before we get into that um we didn't we didn't do this last time and i thought it'd be really fun uh to go around and just talk about really quick what it is that that you guys love about yourselves so um i'll go last and so i'm gonna have juan what do you love about yourself? <laughs> All right. Um, well, I would definitely say I really love my compassion. I feel like that's been, always been like a uh, like a really major pillar in my life. I um, really do care about people, and I do you know care about animals and the environment. And I'm just trying my best to you know express that compassion and my awareness i'm very thankful for my awareness i feel like me being aware of how i'm feeling in a particular moment or how i'm impacting another individual is something that i've really grown to love because i feel like awareness is very key in the growing process and i feel like by me having this awareness it's allowed me to really thrive and grow into the person i was always meant to be mm. that's beautiful <laughs> Uh, thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool, cool. All right, let's have Rachel. What do you love about yourself? Um. So I think the thing that I would highlight is, um, I am fiercely loyal to my friends. Like I have a lot of friends, and I'm um not currently with most of them. Um, I am in Florida and most of my friends are in Vegas or California or New Hampshire. And I have a lot of friends that have been distanced for like five plus years. And I think that like, and a lot of them still are like, yep, Rachel's my like ride or die. Rachel would drop anything for me and come across the country just to like help me if I really needed her. Um, 
And so I, I really value the way that I um, cultivate and maintain and nurture friendships because it keeps me from feeling alone, especially when we're all quarantined and we wouldn't be able to see each other anyway. But um, I'm just really glad because I feel like it has helped me maintain relationships and not feel lonely even as I'm moving away from them, likely like permanently. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's so important. Like you said, especially during these times, right? That we're all so in different parts or separated. So that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, Mimi, what do you love about yourself? Um, I love how I... I think this is the tricky thing about loving things about yourself. There's always like a double side to it because this is also something that I'm a little insecure about. But um, I still, I still love this part of me. I'm just very caring and very giving, and like it has never been a second thought for me to uh, give my place, my my friends like a place to stay if they ever need it or if this this one time my my friend he like surprised me from coming to coming into San Francisco and then like I just wasn't home this one day so I was like you could just sleep in my bed (laughs) so um so I just let I just let him sleep in my bed he's just like are you sure like but he was staying somewhere else but they just couldn't house him that night so I was like of course you could sleep in my bed that's fine like here's pillows and blankets and everything that you need like this is where everything is in the house and like everyone was okay with it so it's like so I think that like being the person and like being the friend who's willing to like give anything like I uh, always gave myself uh, like gave my friends food like if they ever needed it and Mm. it's just um it's just important to me um to be that person for other people um it, it it does um the, and the only reason i said that there's a downside to it is because it, it, it can be very taxing if you give too much mm-hmm. um and like it's just something that i have to be more aware of um and i do i am grateful that i am learning that awareness and learning to uh, limit myself because mm. that's the only way i'm going to be able to give and care for others absolutely Oh, that's so beautiful. And it just reminded me of when uh, we, the LYF, the LYF team, we, we went out to UCSB last year and uh, we got to um, <laughs> collaborate with, with, with Maymay's um, club at, at the time. And um, she offered her home to us. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, it's totally Maymay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all yeah. were sleeping in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had so much fun and so grateful of your hospitality. So yeah, thank you, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. It was a, it was great. I had so mm-hmm. much fun on that trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you uh, you guys coming? It felt mm-hmm. like a a trip because um, you guys brought so much to Santa Barbara. So that was really cool. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to go back. Hopefully, hopefully next year when everything's calmer. So. <laughs> Yeah. So hopefully. Um, and for me to wrap up this question, um, I, I love that I am like this uh, eternal optimist. Um, I, 
you know, as a, in a world where we're always constantly being bombarded with um, so much negativity and like maybe scary statistics. Um, I, I love that. I look at that information and maybe some people think that maybe I'm naive or unrealistic, but like, I always believe in like human ingenuity and in the fact that we can, we, we, we have so much potential and we can make, we can change things like just as much as maybe we, in, in terms of like seeing how we've been treating the planet, for a long time, our species, um, just as much as we've been treating it badly, like we can put energy in creating positive solutions and and creating energy and, and treating each other better. And so I'm going to be this person until the day I die. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to, to have it. And like I said, of course, there's days where I get sad too, or I get down, but I'm, I'm just grateful that I have this fire in me that just keeps me going. And, and, um, and I'm grateful of that. And so yeah, I, I, I cherish that about myself very much. So yes. So t- talking about that, and now honoring, you kind of touched upon it too, Mamie, um, about honoring our boundaries. And I think that's what's honoring like our space. It taps into that, I, I think. And so I'm going to pose this question to you all and see uh, what you guys think. So what does your space mean to you? So when you hear that, like, what does that mean to you? And, and how do you cultivate, I guess, like a, a healthy environment for yourself? Who would like to take it away? All right. I can start off. So for me, space to me means a place you can go to heal. It's where you can, you know, expand yourself. And it's a place where you can, you know, you allow yourself to go inward. Right. So I think a space, it isn't like uh, when I think of a space, it doesn't mean necessarily need to be your space. It can be something like, uh, you know, hiking, going to your favorite hiking spot. It can, you know, it can be mother nature. Um, I feel like a space is just anywhere where you feel it's therapeutic. You know, for, for me, I remember like a space I felt really safe when I was a kid was my grandfather's house. You know, I always felt like that place mm. made it allowed me to expand and it allowed me to, you know, decompress and to feel like I was able to, you know, release all the stress I had been feeling. And and yeah, so I feel like a space doesn't necessarily have to be something that it's in your home because, you know, sometimes people even feel like they don't have space in their houses and i feel like uh it's always good to have a place where you feel like you can escape you know the world as far as like the troubles and the stress factors and all the things all the things that don't want to make us keep sane you know so so yeah i think a space is really anything that's therapeutic to your well-being mm, that's beautifully said mm-hmm. i very much agree what other thoughts come to mind rachel and Nene? so I, to me, my space feels like, like the kind of mindset that I can cultivate whenever I'm in some place or doing something. It's, it's definitely goes in the vein of what one was saying about how it doesn't have to be your like spot. It doesn't have to be something, a place you own or anything like that. My, my spaces in this, like it right now are definitely in my 
our office because we have new bookshelves that we just built. And then um, I got an organizer for all my art supplies. And so I get to have kind of all of my creative stuff for like the first time in a while. Um, It has a dedicated home. So I have all my books. I have all my journals filled and not filled. Then all my art supplies and I kind of just get to go. And if I want to do them, and if I want to do art, I can pull it from there and just kind of work and then put it back to like rest. And it kind of cultivates a nice mindset for me of like, yeah, these things belong here. For a while moving out here because of quarantine, I didn't have most of my stuff. I just had like a bag of like a week's worth of clothes or whatever. And then I didn't have any of my books. I didn't have any of my art supplies. I had like one journal and that was it. And so it felt like I was kind of like floundering without my home base. And now that I have that home base, it's been very beneficial to me just feeling like I have a very stable and safe place to to process emotions and to think about you know things and and then I get to share that with a partner which is one of the most fortunate things that's awesome and I know it's been fun uh, Rachel shared with us a little bit and her journey of of building her bookcases and just how that added so much to your yeah, like to your personal space now. So it's been fun observing and, and yes, watching. Yes, it's and- very rewarding. It's a very, it was a very rewarding experience. And I definitely think adding, adding things to your space that you make or build or paint or write yourself is, is crucial to making it feel like yours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. I love how you explain that um, when you create your own home base, it makes it feel more stable. Um, I think I think I could definitely uh, relate to that, especially because I grew up as a military kid, and mm-hmm. I've re- I've gone to like eight different schools, and I've moved around about like nine, ten different times. So to me, uh, my space is whatever space I am occupying at the time. <laughs> Um, it ha- it's something that is adaptable. It is mobile. It's something that I change. It's something that's ever flowing because I've learned that like you could be happy in whatever space that you're in, um, whether it is yours, whether it is shared. Because like there were a lot of times where like my whole entire family was just in a two bed hotel room, mm-hmm. and that was and that was our that was our space. Or like I lived mm-hmm. in a hotel with um, shared a room with my sister for like a few months before, um, when I moved to Germany. So like you you have to learn to make whatever space you are in yours mm-hmm. because like it's not you're not always gonna have that stability and that's just something that I had to adapt to because that's why whenever um like I traveled or whenever like I like went anywhere really I just made sure that I had something that grounded me like whether it was a book or um, a sketchbook or like even just like my phone just having something that's mine I can create like my own space like you know how when like you have shared desks in wall mm-hmm. or like that like long table thing like you know where that line is between you and that other person because mm-hmm. they like put their pencil box right next to that line and like your pencil box is on the other so you know exactly where that that meets and ends so it's kind of like going through life like that like where wherever I am like I have to physically make it for myself I thought and I think that that's like it, it's just a 
kind of tiring, <laughs> but uh, but I think that it's something that has allowed me to be able to like go anywhere and like work mm-hmm. anywhere, and because um, like you could find home anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. And um, a lot of what you've said, Mimi, I resonate with too. And for me, I growing up, I mean, I've, I've pretty much grown up between traveling back and forth with Spain and the U.S. because I would mm-hmm. spend, I've only spent most of my summers in Spain. And so for when, when I was younger, I, I I went through like an identity issue as far as like, okay, where, where do I really feel like I belong? <laughs> because, you know, I really felt like I was, I've met, I was always wanting to be in two places at once. And then, you know, as yeah. I've gone as I've gotten older, um, just realizing that, you know what, my, uh, this is my story. And I, I have like two homes and then really realizing like home is in your heart. And when, when maybe that limited physical space is not there, um, recognizing like what you guys have said, like maybe that, that, that book is really, it makes you feel like it's yours or that necklace or whatever it might be to help you and fostering that feeling of home when you might not have the physical space to represent that. So, so yeah, I've agreed. And I, and I think a, a really important piece that you talked about me is, is feeling adaptable and, and, uh, cause I too have, have had to learn that you know, along the course of my life. And, and I think it's, uh, it's a good thing to learn because I also like when we get, when we get to metaphysical talk, um, I like to see if, you know, all of us, we're just like, we're just travelers through this life and we're here visiting. And so, you know, we, we learn and we, we cultivate knowledge and skills, but one day we, we have to leave it behind. And, um, so, so yeah, I think that traveling helps tap into that a lot and and recognizing like home, it might just be in our heart wherever we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you touched on the fact that like you went between two places mm-hmm. um, and like having to, um, did you ever find that like it was hard to connect to to the place after you came back, whether it was when you go to Spain or like whether it is um, when you come back to um, the U.S., like the states. Because like I felt I felt that way when I like moved between parents because like my parents mm. are divorced. Yeah, you know, especially at the at the beginning, it takes me a minute to kind of like get back into the groove of things. Because uh, yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, after some, maybe a few days or something, um, or be, you know, then I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like get back into the groove of where, of whichever location I'm in. <laughs> so, yeah. Now I felt, I, I feel the same way too. Um, I went to, uh, for high school, I went to boarding school. And so I spent four years of my life going away to New Hampshire from Las Vegas to oh, high school. And it kind of was, always a little bit I guess maybe disappointing and also confusing to me that time went on while I was gone in those Mm -hmm. that place like I Mm -hmm. came back and um my little brother had used to mispronounce my name because he was young and then I came back from um school to visit and then uh he was saying my name right and I was kind of like I felt disjointed and like that I'd become so comfortable and settled into that home I had at school that I'd made myself in my dorms. And then I'd kind of like expected that everything would just be 
the same to come back to, but my home had, had changed in the meantime. And so I had to kind of come to terms with that and mm-hmm. understand that I couldn't be a hundred percent, um, in, in both. It was kind of a give and take. Like I am, I do have two homes the same way that Monica said, because I did have two, two home bases that I was going between, so to speak. And that meant that I couldn't be at both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that feeling. It's like, like you said, it's like a weird, like bittersweet thing. Cause you're like, on one end, you're happy to see the growth, but then on the other, you're like, but I wasn't there <laughs> to be a part of it. So, yeah. 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 That's how I feel about my, my family. Cause, um, cause when I was off in college, like time was still moving. And like, and mm-hmm. when I left, my, my baby brother was, six and now he is 10 and Mm -hmm. it's insane because i i feel like i and like i i didn't see them uh, because they were still in germany um and i didn't see them for like two years or or like a year or so or something like that i don't know it was long it felt long (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like he had this like he um his baby voice it just started disappearing um like Mm. phone call after phone call and i get it's hard it's hard to watch your siblings grow up when you're not there Mm -hmm. so yeah like i just wish that i was like in that i could always be in two spaces at once but you you can't (laughs) i know it would be great All right, guys. Well, now let's let's tap into. We talked briefly about boundaries, um, but now let's get more into that. And so, for this next question, um, why is it important to respect and honor our boundaries? <laughs> Who'd like to take it away? Would any of you girls like to go? Like May May, I think you would. I could think you have some good good thoughts on that. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, oh man, yeah, that this is important. You, you think it's not important or you ignore that it's important, but it's very important. Um, mm-hmm. like I'm the, I'm the kind of person, I think it's because like I lived in, in like a six person household and you really just don't have that much privacy at all. Um, mm-hmm. like even if you're in the bathroom, you just someone comes in or if you lock the door they like bang on it like let me in i need to grab something i'm just like i'm doing something like i i'm like i just needed to pee but of course you have to but um anyway um when you like make those boundaries for yourself like um it took me a while to to like tell my family um like knock you always have to knock before you enter my room and when you you leave the room you have to close the door mm-hmm. and when you um when you enforce those boundaries with other people oh um oh oh it's still on okay i was so confused for a second sorry but um when you create those boundaries with other people it's a lot easier to to honor your own boundaries for yourself because like you know where that line lies with other people. So it's important because like even with privacy, um, 
or even like with sharing your space, it gets very, it's taxing. Um, as I, as I said before, it's very tiring. Um, you, you start to feel really bogged down and like, you can't even think, um, and like, you can't even like own anything. Um, hopefully it doesn't get to that point for you guys, but you know, but if it ever does, like the way that, um, I took my space. Cause like, I also in college, I lived with five other people. <laughs> so oh, that's, wow. mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, um, and like, it was a three, it was a three bedroom house. And like there, there were, um, two people in each, in each room. And you have to make space for yourself because no one else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to like, if you, if your needs and your wants in your living space or like wherever you are, aren't being met, then that's going to take a toll on you. So you have to respect yourself and you have to honor your boundaries and make sure that they are in place and communicated to other people because like they're going to encroach on it like people Mm -hmm. are going to encroach on your boundaries no matter what but it's up to you to tell them that they are doing it um Mm -hmm. I I remember like a lot of times I couldn't sleep because there was just EDM blaring in the background Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um what I'd always do is like I'd text my friends like I didn't want to make like a scene or anything like that like come out of my room or anything but because that was what felt most comfortable to me. So I texted my friends like, hey, like, could you put the music down? Um, like, if it got really bad, then I would go out of my room. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's important because like, you got to eat, you got to sleep. And those things can be hard to do with a lot of people <laughs> mm-hmm. around you. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's important to have those boundaries because there there are people when and I know you're you're very giving and very compassionate. So, um and and all of us are and a lot of people will tend to exploit that mm-hmm. if they can. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's it's important to have those boundaries like with your friends and with the people you trust would never ever do something to exploit that because it's kind of practice for when someone comes along that is is exploitative of those boundaries and wants to kind of encroach upon you and ask more than you can give and then you aren't aren't immediately impelled to say yes like i and i i think that that's one of the best ways to practice healthy friendship is to establish boundaries and establish space like i have i roomed with my best friend for a year and we still had boundaries we didn't have like a a 24 7 open door policy because we didn't want to give each other like grief all the time so we would have times where like our doors are closed and that's like that's an indicator that like that's my time that's my time I'm I could be sleeping I could be up watching Netflix like no one knows what I'm doing but I'm doing it by myself so you Mm -hmm. can like text me if you if you want me to um, if you want to talk to me or something like that, and I, I would obviously do that, but just the expectation that you would ask someone before coming in, that's like the, that's the verbal knock or whatever. And I think that those, those boundaries are kind of good. It's like, uh, like May said, that's the pencil 
box at the edge of your, your boundary because you're saying here's where I start, whether or not mm-hmm. it's my, whether or not it's my physical space. This is like my, this is my bubble or whatever. It's, it's yeah. my, it's my area of safety. So please be mindful of that. And I think that that's something that we could all stand to, um, practice with each other every day is like, you know, practice making sure that you are not encroaching upon someone's boundaries without them being comfortable with it. Um, Just because like, you know, maybe someone's from a family where you just tell them to do something or, and and it's not expected that you ask, it's expected that they do it. Um, And just kind of like play with, play with those boundaries, play with saying no. Um, One of the best things that I've learned is how to say no and then um, how to say no and explain it, but don't apologize for it because you don't want to feel, you don't want to feel like your actions are somehow wrong for saying no or refusing something or not having the time to do something. Um, Because generally I would, I would say I'm sorry first, Um, Mm -hmm. but realizing that it shouldn't be something you have to apologize for if you have boundaries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I like that you said, you know, saying no. I feel like growing up, that was a hard thing for me to learn was the concept of creating a boundary of saying no. And I feel like as an adult, when I learned that, you know, you realize how how sometimes it feels so good to say no, you know, because it's one of those things where you're creating safety for yourself. And, you know, and I, I like uh, I like that you both hit on all the main points that I had written down was, you know, was safety, you know, safety being one of the biggest things because creating boundaries is really about creating a space that allows you to prosper and thrive. Right. Yeah. And so when we're feeling uncomfortable, you know, we we start to, you know, like hide and, you know, trying to escape and we or we just, you know, don't don't feel like ourselves. And I think that, you know, when we take the time to learn how to say no or learn how to ask for help. You know, like we create these healthy boundaries that allow us to turn into the people we're always meant to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I know for myself, I definitely struggled with, you know, with uh, creating those healthy boundaries, especially with like friends and family members, you know, because it's, it's very easy for people to take advantage of you. And I know that... Um, I, I know that we were, you were just talking about, like, you know, being taken advantage of. And, you know, unfortunately, some people sometimes don't even realize they're taking advantage of you. You know, they they are so used to maybe, you know, having people give them the things they want. So they automatically just, you know, just ask and ex- expect to receive. And, you know, that's why it's very, very important that that we learn how to say no. I know that um, like working as a counselor, you know, that was one of the things that, well, one of the first conversations I would have with people would be the conversation about healthy boundaries because we don't realize how how many people try to escape reality through drugs, you know, because they haven't established these healthy boundaries with people, you know, because sometimes people can be, very uh, you know like they're i'm not i don't want to say like parasites but in this ncs like people are sucking all your energy from you like they're taking away your happiness and it makes you want to you know escape reality Mm -hmm. and so you know by having 
a simple conversation with people, you know, as far as like saying like, Hey, these are my boundaries, please respect them. Mm -hmm. You really can save yourself a lot of headaches, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's very interesting to see how many people don't have these conversations. They don't, they don't want to be, have these vulnerable moments where they're saying like, Hey, this is what I don't like. Please Mm -hmm. respect it. Absolutely. And I think too, it, it just it helps increase your empathy and your compassion. I think for me, when I um, had to really start honoring my healing, when I was re- healing my the anxiety and like the panic attacks that I that I used to have a few years ago, I had to go through these big life changes um, to instill like healthy habits because I was committed to healing holistically. And so, you know, in my past, um, people, my group of friends, um, they knew me as Monica, the girl that loved tequila shots. And so when I started to uh, uh, have these problems, I had to stop drinking hard liquor and pretty much and, and alcohol really for a while. Now I have a, I do, I'll drink like uh, maybe beer or wine, very much more casual um but it was very interesting when i went through that change because when people would offer me like the hard liquor and i would say no they would like wait what do you mean no but this is like your drink you know it was very um they couldn't comprehend because they associated me with with that with that type of alcohol and so it was really interesting going through that change because it was like i was confusing them <laughs> or honoring where I was at, you know, and, and having gone through that has helped me to have much more empathy and compassion because let's say you offer, I don't know, whatever it might be to somebody, even if it's, I don't know, a piece of candy and maybe they say no, and maybe internally um, you might take offense and the reality is like, you don't know what that person's going through. And it could be a, it could be like a, a life or death issue for some people. Like if they really have to be attending to their health or their mental health or their physical health, like whatever it might be. But I think, yeah, honoring our boundaries not only helps other people uh, learn how to treat us, but it can also help. It also helps in our own awareness of, of honoring like, Hey, like maybe that person's going through something pretty dramatic and I, and I, it's okay for me to back off. Yeah. (laughs) really well said really well said (laughs) (laughs) but um but this is it ties in well into the next question really about um honoring our space and realizing that we hold space in this world and and by sticking up for ourselves we're, we're not only proving that to ourselves again but we're proving it to other people and sometimes you know depending on whatever you've gone through it's hard to feel like you matter and it's hard to feel like um, that your voice counts, your opinion counts. And again, by sticking up to yourself, you're you're defending not only you're you're defending your 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 whole being, you know, the person that you are. Um, so for you guys, like, do you guys recall moments where you've struggled to find your own space, where maybe depending on something you were going through, or um, just to make sure, like, hey, like I am. And as an example, I'm Monica Garcia, you know, and, and I deserve to be here. Um, so did you guys ever go through anything like that? I feel like I've had multiple times like this in my life. 
you know, mm-hmm. I could, I can think about when I was a kid and I mean, there was a point in time when we had lost our house. So, you know, essentially we were homeless and we had, uh, we had gone to live with my grandmother. And so it was just a ton of us piled into this little tiny apartment and there was no privacy. There was no, there was no personal space. And so I feel like that experience made me appreciate the fact that we need our own space to keep sane and to, you know, to really readjust and, and grow. But, uh, I know that, um, I feel like when I first got into the mental health field, I, uh, had a tendency to, to allow everyone else to have a space. And I was not allowing myself to have space. And I feel like I was, uh, get, getting very, you know, exhausted, I was getting burnt out. And I wasn't allowing myself to have a space to reconnect with myself to, you know, to, to really allow myself to digest all of these like crazy energies that I was taking on for other individuals. Because, you know, when you're working as a counselor, you're sitting there and you're just listening to people and their problems. And, you know, you don't realize how being this, uh, being this individual who's just taking on all of these people's pressures, you know, that takes a toll on you and, you know, mm-hmm. you need to take care of yourself. And I feel like I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't allowing myself to have a safe place to, you know, decompress after work. I was, you know, just so caught up in my work that I created this, I kept just digging the deeper, deeper hole for myself, not realizing like, dang, you need to take care of yourself, Juan. You need to, you know, you need to start to do things that are going to allow you to relax and, you know, release all of this tension. You know, really easing tension is very vital when you have a space. But yeah, but those are just a few of the, my experiences. Mm, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel that when you realize that your mental health is being compromised because you're not giving yourself space or like you can't tend to yourself, that's uh, that's extremely relatable. Because um, and that reminds me of so I I, I definitely um, had to share a lot of space growing up, um, like living in a big family, and then um, also like my my living situation, my senior year of college college but the thing that pops up the most in my head for this particular question is my second year of college so I was a front desk attendant for the dorm that I was living in and uh, I, I liked the job and like it was it was great like I was able to meet everybody but living where I worked was probably one of the worst mistakes I probably ever made <laughs> Um, cause it's, it's so hard to separate yourself, um, from where you're working. Um, and then also like I had two jobs at the time. So I was working at the dining commons that I would frequent to as well. Um, I, I, I wash dishes there. Um, and like, I'd come back at like one thirty in the morning, 2am. And then my desk job, like I'd be, I'd be done at like 10, 11. And like, I'd come um, back to my room and it just doesn't, one, it doesn't feel like I live there. And um, like the, I did have 
that was like a time period of like really bad um, anxiety and depression. And I, I wasn't tending to myself. And the people I was leaning on, um, like, were like people who lived on my floor, but then I feel like I was encroaching on their space. And when you don't um, respect your own boundaries, it's really hard for you to respect others. And I that is a time in my life where I do like feel very, um, I feel sorry for it because I, because I wasn't taking care of myself and like the people around me, they really were trying to like, um, they, we had like, it, it was it kind of sucked too. Cause, um, they were all my friends, but, um, my RA, RA, um, she was a friend of mine and like, and my roommates, like we, we started off as friends, but it, it quickly deteriorated. Um, uh, mainly uh, one of the reasons because of like mental health and stuff, but also because of like space. We lived in a triple um, in a room that was not supposed to be a triple. Uh, there were like lots of problems with housing and like they they made all the doubles into triples. And it was it was really hard to live in that. Um, and. Uh, there there was a period where like they had a meeting with me and they were like okay well you just have to like move your scooter because we keep tripping on it and then um, and then another thing was like um, they they like set their boundaries and looking back on it um, like when in at the time I was really upset that like they had like a meeting with me and like I felt like attacked and stuff but like looking back, they were just trying to set their boundaries and mm -hmm. they were just telling me like, maybe like we can't take on like your, your emotional um, like trauma and stuff. Like you need, like they could, they could have said it better, but like um, they basically said like, you need help. Like you need a therapist, like, mm -hmm. but in kind of um, it was, it was a little insensitive the way they put it, but like, I understand where they're coming from now. Um, yeah. but I ended, but because of that, because of like their, their like intervention, like I ended up going to a therapist. Um, and then awesome. I, I started like, I started removing myself from the space. So, uh, because I felt uncomfortable in it and, um, I started like, uh, sometimes I would like sleep at my, um, at my friends, um, at my friend's dorm. I'd sleep on their couch <laughs> and I made myself a little drawer on there. Um, and like they had two showers. So that was, uh, that was really like helpful. Like they like allowed me to, to sleep on their couch for a little bit. And um, like, I'm just forever grateful to my friends for letting me do that because mm -hmm. uh, removing myself from that space and like getting away from like literally my two places of work, and my living space, like just going on the other side of campus was so calming to me. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that they gave me um, just like the couch to sleep on sometimes. And like people that uh, were actually like, were my really good friends of mine. Um, that helps me a lot. And like, um, remove myself and like when I when I look back at that time like I know that I was I used to be really angry about it I was I was very bitter 
Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'm when I think about it now, it's like, well, they were just trying to set their boundaries, and you were like going over them. You were crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Um, it took them a while to tell you because it took them like uh, a few months, but maybe they were just like scared to maybe they'd never had to do that before so it was it was a really big learning experience for me i think mm-hmm. um how like i can also be the toxic person like in the room so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well thanks for sharing that Mimi. yeah appreciate of course. that <laughs> yeah really thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Definitely is, especially when it's people delivering information to you. And I assume, like, you you were all very young, right? Right? Oh, yeah. By ni- 19, 18 mm-hmm. years old, right? I correct? Yeah. Even wow. even younger. Yeah. I think, like, one of us was, like, 17. Which oh, wow. is, it, yeah, it gets crazy because that's, like, honestly, for that age, that's kind of big. I feel like a lot of uh, young adults don't know how to set boundaries. And that's probably why the conversation came off a little, a little mm-hmm. you know, through, yeah. through, probably threw you off because they probably had no experience in doing that. But, yeah. but hey, I, it, it definitely seems like it, it helped. Like it definitely pointed you in the right direction. Yeah, they were freshmen and I was a sophomore at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was li- I was living and working in the freshman dorm because it was cheaper for me because like some finances fell through. So I, that was mm-hmm. like, the easiest thing for me to do so yeah. yeah the age difference definitely took a toll like that was that was a part of it too mm-hmm. yeah but hey you learned yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now here you are creating healthy boundaries for yourself <laughs> yeah it's mm-hmm. a learning experience it really is it's a process it is. it's definitely. a practice mm-hmm. some days you're better at it than others Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? Is anything that come to mind for that question? Yeah. <laughs> so many things. Um, I think I touched up on the the part about coming home from boarding school before. So I think I will use more of a like people encroaching on your like mental boundaries or emotional boundaries because I had one of my first like real jobs that wasn't student work or just like a side gig. I had one of those jobs. I joined a fitness studio in Las Vegas and um, I just worked front desk so I could get a membership and work out and make money and like figure out what I was going to do in the meantime. But it it turned and I was so excited about this job because it felt like a, a thing that I wanted to do and something that I was really passionate about. And then it slowly over the course of like, I think it was like seven months I worked there, it slowly turned into one of the most toxic, like demanding environments that I probably could have ever existed in. Like I would work overtime almost every single day and I would get asked to do extra jobs and take on extra responsibility and I would do it because I wanted to, you know, be, um, I wanted to, you know, do, be good at my job. And so I wanted to please my boss and I wanted to, I wanted to do well. And so I kept saying yes and I never said no. 
and it it slowly stretched me thinner and thinner to the point where it was ridiculously early that I would get up. I would get up at 4.15 in the morning to work until 1 p.m. for minimum wage, and I... I was exhausted. I had no life. I couldn't go out with my friends at night. I would have to be in bed by like eight to get enough sleep. And um, it was to the point where I was doing that and I was working seven days a week doing that schedule. And then also I was doing things for my bosses. Like I would, after my shift, I would put together furniture for them or I would make PowerPoints for them, or I even ended up dog sitting for my boss when she had a baby. Um, Like I was beyond what any employee should ever be expected to do. And I I did this all because they they promised me that I would be in like a, a role of like some sort of manager or um, like general manager or assistant manager. And they, they never delivered on that promise, obviously, because I realized they just wanted me to give them extra work. And so it took me a while and it took me slowly, like becoming more and more unhappy. It was like a frog boiling in water. It took me so much time to actually realize that I'm in boiling water right now because it started out as warm and I didn't see anything wrong with that. So I had to advocate for myself and it was through the support of other friends being like, hey, this is messed up. You can't, you shouldn't actually be treated like this. You are so much better than this and you should put your foot down and say no or say that you want like adequate compensation or adequate responsibility, a a new title, a a pay bump, anything like that. So it was hard because it was hard for me to even realize that I'd let it get to that point. It was hard for me to realize that I'd gotten that low. And so it was, it was only through other people helping me place healthy boundaries around everything that I was able to get out of that job and get, start working places that I actually felt were fulfilling to me. Um, and it can be hard. I think one of the hardest things to admit to yourself can be when you like let your fortifications fall, when you let your boundaries fall, and then people are exploiting you. You want to, you don't want to be the bad guy who cuts that kind of thing off. You don't want to be the bad guy who has to turn someone down um, and like not host them and not let give them place to sleep or something like that because of something else that's going on in your life. It can make you feel very, very much like a bad person, but you're not a bad person for, for taking care of yourself. Um, you're, you're just not, you're not, you're never, never a bad person for setting that boundary. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was really hard to realize that. I I applaud you. Yeah. That's 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 a lot. Uh, That's a lot. (laughs) I, uh, I can definitely relate. Uh, Mm -hmm. so with my employer, I also, was always going above and beyond and was doing some outlandish things. But I remember uh, when it came time for a promotion, uh, I was, ba- another department was basically, they wanted to hire me on. And so it was going to be a promotion. And um, when I, and I, I approached my director very, you know, very, very confidently and very respectfully. And they told him like, Hey, I'm applying for this job in the company. And, you know, it sounds like they want to hire me. So I'm just letting you know now that I'm, you know, I'm planning to leave this department. And, um, his reaction was, uh, very poor one you know he got very defensive and he told me that uh, that a a promotion is a privilege and 
you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I, uh, I, I remember, uh, I, in this conversation, I told them, I, I looked in the eyes. I'm like, no, it's not a privilege. It's something you work for. And I was like, and have I not been someone who works for you, you know, going above and beyond and, you know, and putting in quality work. And he's like, well, yeah, you do. And I was like, okay, then tell me why, you know, it's considered a privilege. And, uh, you know, it was just a, I'm not gonna lie, our conversation was pretty intense, but uh, I just remember if this would have been me like four years ago, I would not have been able to have that conversation with someone who was my superior because I would have been so scared to even think about, you know, talking to someone about leaving a department and getting a promotion or standing up. Uh, yeah, you know, like I think especially in the workplace, it's so important that we create healthy boundaries because employers will take advantage of you. You know, they will. And like, you know, speaking from experience, you know, it's, it's very easy for an employer to try to deny you a promotion or to try to hold you down because they would rather have you do a, the jobs of two or three people than allow you to grow and prosper in, in a company. But hey, I feel you. I'm happy to hear you're out of that. <laughs> Don't got to be giving all all these people your you know energy. They're not going to appreciate you. Yeah, and that was that was one of the hardest things. Is they the um I wasn't even just making myself out to be a bad person. Like they, I was allowing their words to get to me because we did have a conversation like the one you had. Um, like they told me my attitude was bad and that I was a drag on everyone else because I was saying no to extra assignments. So it was hard. It's it was hard not to feel like I I shouldn't advocate or stand up for myself. Yeah, and it's hard, especially when it's your boss, because like having a difficult relationship with your boss at work can really make your work environment unhealthy, you know. And I know when I had that difficult conversation with with my director, like it was, a, it was you can feel the tension in the air, you know. We all worked in the office together, and so you know people knew that that there was something going on between me and him. So hey. And I feel you. It's it's definitely hard, but it definitely helps us grow. And to be real, we have to be our big, own biggest advocate, you know. And if you know, if we allow people to walk over us, then you know we allow them to think that we're not worthy enough, you know, for something greater. And you, mm -hmm. you got to know our worth, you know. Knowing our worth is so important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And man, it's interesting too, because sometimes like we don't see our own worth, right? And it takes like what happened to you, Rachel, like your close, the close people in your life to be like, hey, like this isn't right to help you wake up. And I feel like we can all really relate to that. I know that I've gone through uh, different scenarios also um, where it's made me realize, hey, like I'm not I'm not living up to my worth. I'm not, I'm not valuing myself in the way that I should. And I think, I think it comes down to also like pro programming that we've had to go through of like, Oh, if you are um, selfish, it's a bad thing or, you know, things, words like that. When in reality, like self being selfish can be self preservation and it can just very much well be that you just need to take care of yourselves. And it might, be perceived as negative from one point perspective but from another it sometimes it's just plain survival and survival and to learn to to thrive and, and like what you guys have said that you just deserve better and so I'm I'm just really grateful that y'all 
got out of those situations and learned from it. And I know I've gone through things too that resemble that. And so I, I'm grateful because it's all part of loving yourself and building a stronger, more resilient uh, relationship with yourself. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, something I used to always tell my clients all the time was uh, it's okay to be a little selfish. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people like we demon- we demonize people for being selfish. And I think, yes, like it's one thing to be selfish when, you know, it's in a very negative way, but there's positive ways to be selfish. And it's mm-hmm. not necessary even, it's not, it's not a bad thing at all. Like, you know, making space for yourself, creating healthy boundaries, you know, in the, in a sense, that's being selfish, but that's good. It's healthy for you. It's keeping you alive. It's keeping you well. Yep. Yep. If you don't take care of yourself, my mom has always said this. She's like, if you don't take care of yourself, who is who's going to take care of you? And mm-hmm. so you, you, know, you got to stick up for yourself, your needs, everything, because, um, you know, you're, you are your own do are the relationship yes we're gonna have relationships with other people but ultimately you you're you're born into this world building yourself and then you're gonna leave this world one day and and it's um and uh, and we're alone in it in that aspect you know so might as well Mm -hmm. treat yourself to the best of your ability uh well and and um and that ripples out so yeah yeah when when you guys started talking about these situations i was literally like my my hands were flailing around and I'm, and I'm just like shifting around. Cause I, it, it's, I see it. It's something that is happening to someone in my life and it's so frustrating. I'm just, and I'm so like, I feel so angry for, for um, all of you <laughs> um, because that like there is this power struggle and it is exploitative and it's so frustrating because I guess uh, as someone on the sideline I'm literally just like here with my pom-poms just like angrily shaking my fists (laughs) Um, but like all you have to do is support Um, and one of the things that like I'm doing is I'm helping this person uh, with their resume um, cause that's, that's all you can do for, for the people in these situations. It's like you could support them and like they have, and cause you can't advocate for them, especially, you know? Um, so, so good on, good on y'all for getting out of those situations and advocating for yourselves. It, there's, there's a lot of, it's so brave. It's so great, courageous for you to stand up for yourself. And I, like, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. Appreciate that. Me too. And, you know, and I think that because we've gone through those experiences, um, it builds, like, a different a different culture and, like, the way that we relate to each other, like, as far as, like, our team goes. Like, I think, I think one of the best compliments, um, I, the feedback that I got from, like, from our interns last semester was that... Um, they were just really happy and to work in an environment that honors boundaries. And that made me so happy to hear because as someone too, that, you know, has gone through scenarios where I was taken advantage of and stuff like that. um, I'm just happy that we're like, we're changing the workplace, you know, based on like our experiences and that we're helping, um, students see like there can be a different type of working environment there can be a healthier type of working environment so Mm -hmm. um 
So I'm grateful, you know, as, as hurtful of those situations have been, you know, for all of us, um, it's helped us to just be better. So I'm just, I'm grateful to, to be, to share this with you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but in wrapping it up, um, so, you know, with, with COVID and everything else, um, people being displaced or losing their job, it's, you know, it's posed serious um, issues and disruptions, you know, in people's lives. And perhaps people have struggled with finding their, their own physical space or perhaps just like more of a mental and emotional space. So what are some tips that you all could suggest to anyone that's listening that might want to just harness and build a healthier relationship with building a more sustainable space for themselves? I would say go to places that inspire you, right? Go to places where you feel safe, tap into mother nature. Um, I would say, don't be afraid to explore, you know, it's always nice to go out and find a new place that might actually help you expand. So that way you, you can, you know, have some stress relief. Um, I, I really recommend, you know, thinking about when you were a kid, you know, like what were some places that kind of really resonated with you that allowed you to feel like a kid? I would say find a space that really, you know, calls out to your inner child, something that really allows you to be that big kid you are. You know, personally for me, like, I really love Mother Nature. So, you know, um, being outside just, you know, creates a really therapeutic environment for me. You know, I don't even necessarily need to go to a place. I can ride a bike. And just being on a bike (laughs) just, you know, provides me with the therapy I need. So I would say don't be afraid to try new things. You know, feel free to explore, you know, and just connect with the things you love. And I think that you can really find a place that can really cater to what you need. I love that. (laughs) What about you guys, Mimi or Rachel? Um. I think I'll bring up something that Rachel said before, because it is worth repeating. Don't apologize. Like we used to say this to our poets um, every time that they would share, especially if they like said, sorry, if they messed up, we just said, don't apologize because we're here to listen to you. But also in the cases um, of like, I, I, um, rephrase this for a poem that like one of the last poems that I wrote, but instead, instead of saying, um, when one of our poets club sayings was like, we want to hear what you have to say, but, um, I changed it to, I want to hear what I have to say. And that is an affirmation that I want people to repeat because, you yourself should listen to what you have to say because that is the like, that is the only way that you're going to be able to live the life that you want to, um, and that's the only way that you're going to be able to 
let people know what your boundaries are, like what your space means to you and what you want in your space. Um, and I think that like you should hold on to what serves you and just let go what the, to what doesn't like let go of what doesn't serve you, um, whether it's in your mind, in your heart, or even in your life. Um, and it, it will be, it will be difficult to advocate for yourself. It will be difficult to change. Um, and it's not all going to change overnight. You're not always going to be able to do everything overnight. It's something that I think of like, Oh, like if I just do enough things in one day, everything's going to change the next day. And that's not how it works. You're going to have to, um, do baby steps, like buy yourself candles. If your mom doesn't let you burn sage, (laughs) um, or you have to get yourself a car so you don't have to depend on other people to pick you up so that you could travel around from space to space. Like it's, it's going to be small baby steps, um, for whatever change you want to make for yourself and whatever change you want to make in, in the space that you're in. Um, so just good luck. Don't apologize. Advocate your, for yourself. And remember that you should listen to what you have to say. Beautiful, May May. <laughs> you get snaps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? Um, I think I would say... Uh, on on top of all of that stuff, I think I would say um, if you have a physical space or some place that you can go, um, like try try taking things there or putting things there that are important to you and are reflective of you, um, the you that you truly are. Like when no one else is around, like don't don't hang up things that you don't love. Like hang up things you love. Try cleaning things and organizing things different ways um like people people don't realize how much the space that they live in affects them um but there's a lot of psychological studies on like clean versus cluttered organized versus not if you chose the the things you hung up versus not if you have plants or not so i think this is a really important time and a lot of people have been doing it um but like testing out the kind of like rearrangement and and organization of your things um and see how it changes how you how you view the the place that you're probably spending a lot of time in right now um see if it truly reflects what you want your space to be like instead of what you think it should be um I think just this is a time to be authentic and cultivate the space that you truly want um, and not have to worry about any other external factors. So just think about, take a closer look at the place where you live or the place where you sleep and, and do something that makes it feel more authentic to you. I love that. And, and it also, what comes to mind too, is like, if anyone's in like, and we talked about it a little bit before anybody that might be in a transient situation and you might get down about it. Um, just know that that's not your final destination. You know, this is, this is your, you're on your journey and imagine 
the solutions that you want and fixate on that and then just work on building up to it and um and just make it a motive make it your motivation to be like hey like this is where i used to be and and then and then i'm headed in that direction and and then it'll help i think and 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 understanding like just to be proud where you're at maybe you don't feel that now but you will one day because it was part of your journey and uh and just know that you matter just know that like whatever you might be dealing with um even if you have to write that down every day that you matter and your happiness matters and the changes that you want for yourself matter. So, mm-hmm. all right, everyone. Well, um, that wraps up our, our talk. Um, anyone have any last minute words? No, I'm like, <laughs> we don't have any last minute words. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, thank you, everybody that tuned in uh, to another episode of the LYF podcast. We hope you're enjoying. Please uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review so we know um, what you're liking about it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later.